0: Welcome to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show with Cody Tucker, presented by Lovejoy's Bar and Grill, your college football and NFL viewing headquarters in downtown Laramie. Also brought to you by the Brown and Gold Outlet, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirtworks. We now take you to Cody Tucker.
1: Welcome to the 7220sports.com kickoff show. Live, as always, from the Brown and Gold Outlet in Laramie, Wyoming. Come check it out over here. Come see Matt Lenning and his crew over at 311 South 21st Street in Laramie. Also want to thank uh, Lovejoy's Bar and Grill. I love that place. Ryan, it's one of my favorite places. And we need to do one from live from there one of these days, maybe during basketball season.
2: I think so. I think so. We need they to get that planned.
0: You know,
3: I, Cody, I know you haven't even introduced me yet. But I'm going to and DJ. in. DJ. Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm taking my, my lead uh, here now. Do you it. Know what I mean? Do it. Since you brought it up, um, I named my first dog Elmer. After, really? Yeah, Elmer Lovejoy's. How about that? There my, you go. Yes, my first dog. You know, my wife and I met in Elmer Lovejoy's. And uh, so our first dog was named Elmer after that bar. How's that for
2: course. an ad read? Yes. Huge ad read front on that one. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's DJ Elliott, by the way, former Wyoming Cowboy linebacker. Uh, DJ, you've uh, also been a coach all over the joint, uh, some big areas, some big teams. Started with Dana Dimmel, left with Dana Dimmel and went down to Houston. And that's where you got your start in this college thing. And then that progressed to Florida State. And Kentucky and Colorado and most
3: recently with Les Miles over in Kansas. That's right. Um, you know, I got into college coaching with Coach Demo because I was finished playing, still had a year left of school, and he said to me, hey, why don't you come out and coach the freshman and run the scout team? And at that time, I was a science major. I wasn't planning on being a coach. And I went out there, and I'm like, man, this is really fun. This yeah. is the second best thing to playing." Yeah. And at the end of the Money's season— Money's okay, too. Well, not at first. Yeah. Not at first. I didn't make— Twenty-five thousand dollars until i was 30 years old wow yeah so you know not at first you got to grind it out and and believe me i worked more hours than i did later in my career yeah but um after the season dana Demmel offered me a uh, graduate assistant job at houston i went down to houston uh, and then from there uh, mark stoops offered me a graduate assistant job at miami i went to miami and then i was an assistant coach at texas state an assistant coach at tulsa an assistant coach at rice and, and then I got um, an assistant job at uh, Florida State, defensive ends coach at Florida State, and then was interim D.C. there through the Orange Bowl. And then after that, I left and took the defensive coordinating job at Kentucky. And then after four years there, we got it turned around. It was 7-5 Gator Bowl. And I uh, decided to come to Colorado, get closer to home. My wife's family all lives here in Cheyenne. I was there two years, and then Les Miles recruited me to come to Kansas and preparation to be the next head coach at kansas well as you guys may know that didn't, that didn't pan out and uh and now, and I'm, now you're here with us and now i'm taking the year off and, and uh
2: you know you know dj you're not supposed to coach at both miami and florida state i don't know if you knew that
3: but. well i want you to know this okay i want you to know this and this is for anybody at florida state or miami that's looking to employ me i've, I've never lost that game <laughs> On either side, On e- I've never lost the Miami Florida State game. Okay? That's important. That's wow. important. That's pretty impressive yes, a stat, a, though. Yes, I'm a hundred percent in
2: that game. Yeah. So
1: speaking well, of Miami, that's Ryan Clement. You recognize his voice, uh, former Miami quarterback, our resident D one quarterback here in Cheyenne.
2: Well, I've got the I've got the domain firemanyds at this point. So He's I, I don't know. To help you. Yeah. And if I can <laughs> if I can help at all, get you in that mix as, as soon as Manny leaves, I, I'll do my best.
3: Well, I appreciate your help, but you know, being a coach, I'm I'm not in favor of anybody getting fired. So Okay,
1: DJ, I have a couple more questions for you before I announce our next two guests that are in studio with us today okay. here at, or in studio at the Brown and Gold Outlet. Uh, did you ever meet any girls at Rocky Mountain Shirtworks or Warren's Repair and Towing? Because those are our other sponsors for this awesome show. You know, um,
3: uh, I haven't, you know, not that I recollect Yet. at this time, you know what I mean? But uh, those would be some hot spots for me, you know what I mean? Depending on what kind of day it was in college, you know, you know, I, I might have been down there uh, scouting it out. You know,
1: so. uh, Kyle Cedar joining us, uh, my Town Square colleague, uh, big Wyoming fan, uh, sad Wyoming fan right now, I'm sure, huh, Kyle? Yes, yeah, very sad.
4: No D1 coaching experience or D1 playing experience, so <laughs> not really fitting in this room. But Well, you brought I your brother in law today, yeah. uh, <laughs> Mr. Trefon
1: Demas, uh, offensive lineman who happened to play with DJ Elliott. And of course, you guys are in town. The 1996 team is That's being on. Right. Uh, honored this week uh, obviously a fan favorite team around here definitely right. my favorite team of all time so uh happy to have you guys in town it's good to see you guys and i'm glad you guys are all getting together man because that was believe it or not that was the last double did double digit win
3: season in wyoming history wow yeah i didn't realize is. that isn't that gross you know i've uh, been thinking back a lot since uh, this reunion has been in fruition and um, you like that word don't you ryan i do yes i know you're all great <laughs> guys so throwing that one around is uh, and and you know, it's it's amazing, really, how good that team was. Yeah. You know, if you think back on it.
1: But think about this, how close it was, a barn burner with Idaho to start the year. Yeah. Yes. That Iowa State game, yes. which is a huge comeback for you guys. I yes. mean, things could have been a
3: lot different if a couple of those games turned the wrong way. You're right. You're right. Now, we had our fair share of, of wins. Um, that were big, too. But you're right. And we had a tight loss against uh, San Diego State. Yeah, And, and, our, and we had a, a close loss against BYU. So you're right. It could have gone the other way, but it also could have been a 12-0 season. That's true. You know what I mean? That's very true. Because both of those games that we lost were tough. And at that time, San Diego State, who were those two studs? They played in the NFL forever that they had on their team. Um, and the, was,
0: the receiver. Yes. The receiver. He played
3: Hakeem? in the yeah. NFL forever. They yeah. had two, Hakeem? Hakeem, yes. yes. Hakeem, and they yeah. had another one, too. They were both early for – picks.
2: Azir yes. Akeem. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. And San Diego State was a really good team that year. I mean, they, they were... Well,
1: there. Air Force had to beat San Diego State for you guys to... To win the Pacific Division, correct? Correct. I've yes. been hearing that. You guys didn't find out about that until you were on the bus on the way back to Laramie.
3: You're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly I, I right. I bet that was a party bus. Oh, that was quite a celebration. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that was before cell phones.
1: So I, yeah. You know what I mean? That's why you've been a coach and had a successful yes, career. That was before so cell, cell phones, phones. We must have heard it on the
3: radio or something. I can't remember how we found out. But, I mean. Drinking
1: Gatorade out of the bronze boot on the way home. Exactly. Gatorade. Exactly.
4: So
3: like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was such an amazing team so many great players um we had great camaraderie Trefon and I were just a small part of it but it was it was a great to be a part of it and, and wonderful wonderful guys and I'm glad they're all going to be here and get recognized this weekend
1: so this summer I don't know if you guys saw on 7220sports.com we did a uh, top 50 breakdown of the top 50 football players in Wyoming history we named Marcus Harris
3: unanimously the number one player in Wyoming history you agree rightfully so Rightfully so. I mean, here's a guy that still has a national record. He's won the Blitnikoff, I mean, the, which is you know, obviously the best receiver in the country. I mean, if you win the award for the best player in your position in the country, okay, then you're going to be almost on everybody's top player the, uh, of of ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, we had number one offense in the country, and we had a great team. Right. I mean, I think there's no there's no uh, no argument there. He was incredible.
1: You know what blows my mind, Trevon is the fact that he this is 1996 you know these are the late 90s and things were a lot different back then marcus harris did not redshirt, and he caught one ball i believe for 11 yards as a freshman can you imagine if that guy red shirts
0: as in uh, another full year. Oh, absolutely.
1: He would have every record and it wouldn't even be touched. And also I can't help but think, can you imagine 4 years with Josh Walwork and not having all those different quarterbacks?
0: Right. In the first 2 years, right. There's no doubt Marcus uh, I mean, we saw we played against some great players mm-hmm. and Marcus was he was the best player I ever saw ever saw on the field. But I think the to to DJ's point, that team, the leadership and the character that that team had, these older guys taught us so much and and Marcus, I mean, he's just a great guy. Yeah, you know, great guy. Uh, you know him well, Cody. So I think um, certainly best player in my opinion, but certainly one of the one of the best guys I've ever met as well.
1: Yeah, man, that team was loaded. Even a guy like Lynn Sexton coming out of INEO, yeah. he was so much fun and Scooter. Yeah, Richard Peace. Uh, yep. I'll never forget that run in, against BYU, and yeah. he just flattened that safety uh, going down the field. Yes. And then little David Seraf catching a couple touchdown passes
3: in that one. And oh, David, Jay Jenkins and list David Seraf was Wes Welker before there was Wes Welker. Yeah. I mean, we had such an edge on offense at that time because hardly anybody was running the spread and we were running a West Coast style and West, and uh, Saroff played our slot which Wes Welker played forever in the NFL and he was wearing linebackers out I mean wearing them out on option routes mm-hmm. you know it was such a great compliment to Marcus
1: who was out wide yeah man that was a fun team do you remember that team at all ryan or were you busy?
2: no i absolutely remember that team <clears throat> i would have been these guys teammates i was recruited by joe tiller uh out of mullen high school in 94 and i i really considered it we've talked about that on, on the show before my wyoming roots go deep and um you know i, I took several trips th- there over the summer uh met marcus harris threw the ball to him a few times um and really it was it was one of those things where i, I seriously considered it uh you know the draw to south beach was a little bit too much at the time but just listening to these guys' stories, i got to be honest, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little sad I didn't, I didn't consider it a little bit more heavily.
1: Well, and you were born in a manger, correct, right outside
2: of student housing? Yeah, you I was born in, in a, a manger? manger right outside of student housing <laughs> at, at, at Ivinson Memorial Hospital Manger. But, uh, no, you know, I remember that team well. I was telling you guys last night, uh, when I was a freshman in 94, I was watching the Nebraska-Wyoming game yeah. on ESPN in my hotel room in Miami. And... Was thinking, man, well, that'd be great to be on that team because I thought for sure Wyoming was going to pull off the, the upset of the universe forever yeah. from for in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. That would have been too. And unfortunately, a drop punt kind of stopped that from happening. But uh, no, followed these guys. You know, we're all the same age. That I had my best season in '96 when I was a junior at Miami, um, and I watched these guys as much as I could. So it's it's really an honor to be to be here with them today. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, right across the street, guys. Today at 1:30 p.m., Colorado State Wyoming Cowboys border. War, 113th edition of this bad boy. Even with COVID last year, they got this game in. I'm sure the Cowboys wish they almost didn't get that game in because, boy, did it get off to a bad start. Uh, CSU leads the overall series 59-48-5. Uh, Wyoming, however, holds the advantage in the bronze boot rivalry. 28-25. The bronze boot came into existence in 1968. Wyoming, 4-4. Four four, losers a 4 straight. 0-4 in conference play. Steve Adazio, CSU Rams, 3-5 overall and 2-2. Two and two. They've lost two in a row. They found the worst way ever to lose to Utah State two weeks ago. And then they, you know, did what they did down their leg last week in the second half against Boise State at home. The one (laughs) chance they've had. Now they're 0-11 all-time against Boise State. Here we are crowing. Wyoming's, what, 1-12, I think, against Boise State. But uh, (laughs) this is the year to get them. And Wyoming, of course, (laughs) plays Boise State next week. But let's get into, you know, some memories, some border war memories. And before we came on the air... (laughs) DJ had some great uh, you guys standing on the sideline there in the 96 game in Hughes Stadium an ice cold
3: Hughes Stadium it was freezing that oh my day. gosh I mean it was like Antarctica out there that day <laughs> it was cold and um, you know Trifon and I were roommates in college you know so we go way back we we had a, uh, a duplex that was right next to each other and we had five football players that lived in one side of the duplex and five football players that lived in the other side oh. of the duplex yeah so
1: Your neighbors we knew each thrilled. other well
3: and the ironic thing is I think about 80% of us in there married our girlfriend from Wyoming, okay? About 80% of us that lived in that calculus. duplex. Yeah, Quit taking now, our chicks. Yes, are, are now married <laughs> to our girlfriends that we went to Wyoming with. But, back to the story, Trifon and I were on the sideline um, and it was a freezing game and they had these jet heaters and we were redshirt freshmen. We were just a small part of that team. Let's just put that out there. You know, I mean, the great players we've already talked about and we were, we were role guys at that time. But, I remember putting my hand down next to that jet heater and fire was coming out. And I was like, oh, man, finally, you know, my hand is finally thawed out and then I- all of a sudden, it catches on fire, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And I'm waving that hand, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, "Somebody help me, help me!" You know. Finally, I get it underneath my pads, and I, and I get the fire out. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" So I go up to Trephon, and I pull up my glove, and it's all burnt. And I go, "Man, look what I did!" And Trephon is laughing his tail off. He shows me his glove, and it's all tape because he did the same thing. <laughs> And so um, that might, unfortunately, be my most memorable experience of the board because it caused me pain and laughter. But we went on to win that game. That was the 96 game, and I know that a lot of people have talked about it. And yeah. what a great game. We came back and won at the end. And well, the Cowboys such... went up 13 nothing in that
1: game. Yep. CSU comes rolling back, 24 yep. unanswered. Yes, And then, man, to see Marcus Bergum to see a 96-yard drive and see the back of number 34 going into the end yes. zone, that was
3: a great memory The Wyoming fans left Oh, forever. my gosh. We saw Celebrated so hard. I mean, we took so many pictures with that bronze food. It yeah, was, was it was it was a lot of fun.
1: Not to mention uh, your guy on your side of the ball, Brian Lee, saving the day there too with a nice interception. The Cowboys still needed to stop, and Moses Moreno
3: put it right between the four and the I five. Know. God bless him. I know, and and you know Brian Lee was. He was such a great player. But one reason why he was so good was he was so smart. Yeah. You know, he was a 4.0 finance manager. I mean, that was the guy you went to if you needed help in school. Yeah, And he would sit back there at free safety, and he, he knew where those quarterbacks were going to throw it before they did, I think. He right. was so smart and so underrated.
1: Yes. Absolutely underrated. He, I did a story about him recently. He is still in the top 15, I believe, all time in most career interceptions. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, was, For leading, safety. he, he was leading the country
3: at one time.
0: Yeah, two games with three picks. Yes. And clutch interceptions yes, he's yeah. not these were interceptions that mattered game yeah. changing like clutch
3: sure and he played he had a uh, free agency with the Patriots yeah. and he was up there for a while so he had you know an opportunity to I do believe he's up. a teacher or a professor now down in Colorado which yeah. is perfect right he, well that's what his parents were okay yeah. and this is a testament to, to what type of person he is. He has a 4.0 in finance, then goes to grad school and gets a master in finance, goes into banking, and he does that for a few years, and he says, you know what, I, I want to give back. And he get, changes his career and becomes a teacher. Wow. Yes.
1: Another smart guy you guys played with who wasn't on that team, Brian Brown. That's who you're reminding me of right there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Brian, uh, Brian was a walk-on from Montana yep. and came down and earned a starting role. And, uh, man, he was a tremendous – uh, hard worker, and you know, mm-hmm. knew where to be at, 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 at the right time, and just a great guy. We had a
0: lot of great guys on that team.
1: Mm-hmm. Trevon, do you have any memories of the Border War that don't involve third-degree burns
0: on your hands? Yeah, yeah, I do, but it's you know, it's it's kind of personal. I hate to, uh, talk about myself, but I'll, I'll be quick. Do on this. We were limited playing time, so I was on the PAT team. And Coach Hope that week, we were fired up, right? And Coach Hope was dang Hope. He used some words sometimes that he just got excited. He wanted to. You also wanted to verbalize to the other team. So we get in there, it's PAT, and I'm yelling at the Colorado State D-linemen. Like, I'm telling them they don't have any heart, right? With and that I'm Greek yelling, accent, yeah, and you're scaring that right? hell and out of everybody. Just, I'm passionate. <laughs> I, I run back to the sideline, Jay Core says, you better stop that stuff, because we got to play against them the whole game, <laughs> So I was like, I think that's when I went to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped it right, right there. Coach, coach motivated me too much. So. Jake but, North was a bad man too. Oh yeah, Jake. Jake's great. And you know, but the DJ, the, we we all have pictures, like if of all the pictures we took in college, and we didn't take many because we didn't have phones. Yeah. So we all have a picture with the, the bronze boot. Like that's yeah. like yes. the best picture we have. Yeah. The best one memory. yes, yeah, so that's like a prized possession. Yeah, There's
3: absolutely. a picture holding that bronze boot. All
1: right, Kyle. You're up. Favorite border war memory as a fan.
4: I would say the one that comes to my mind is that we were talking about it before the '03 3 game where Bramlett threw that uh, touchdown to beat CSU in Laramie. And I just remember I was like 12, 11 or 12. And so all my buddies from junior high, you know, we all caravan down there with all of our parents. And Mm -hmm. so we all stormed the field. And that was before the goalpost they got smart with them and so they could just lower them on their own so all the college students were up there shaking it and whatnot and we're like right below it and one of my best friends Eli we're like we can kind of see it falling so we start taking off for midfield so we don't get trampled and my buddy Eli just got popped on the head by one of the upright post it's worth it and it was totally worth it he had a headache for a couple weeks i think going back to centennial junior high but that that was that's the one that pops out to me
1: yeah that you know there's some easy ones to choose from 96 (coughs) that was the last time arguably that so much was on the line in this game and i think that's what this rivalry has been really missing is you know a championship on the line and it hasn't been that way in a long time that was the most important game in recent memory 96 uh two years later in 98 you know you guys were on that team 98 uh yeah Unbelievable! The cannon smoke never left Hughes Stadium. Jay Stoner, those guys went to work. Kofi Chuck, Wendell Montgomery, uh, Jeff Boyle, uh, just Chuck were great game. Great game. Took it to him. ESPN. I believe that was a Thursday night game. It was nice and cold too. A lot of snowballs flying. That was one of my favorites. But I have to piggyback off you because 2003. If you set the scene, that was Joe Glenn's first year. Uh, Vic Koning era was obviously. Forgettable, uh, brutal times at Wyoming. So Joe Glenn came in with his infectious personality and his smile and his spirit, and he he only won four games that year, but he beat BYU and he beat CSU, and that game meant so much to us because CSU had Bob Vomhoff from Gillette and Ben Stratton from Cheyenne, yeah. and to watch Malcolm Floyd jump over Ben Stratton and make a game-winning touchdown was just
4: so, yeah. <laughs> that meant Basically, the world
1: <clears throat> meant the yeah. world to me to watch those guys crying and leaving the field. Yeah. And uh, it also meant the world that it, it appeared the program had turned a corner. And to, it, you felt so good for Casey Bramlett because that is, to me, I'll argue with anybody any day that he was the toughest quarterback in Wyoming history. He got the hell kicked out of him, yeah, and he yeah. just kept getting back up. And that meant so much to watch that game and to watch him play and then pull off that 35 28 win. So yeah. it was unbelievable.
3: That was a good one.
1: Yeah. And, you know, obviously beating them 44 to nothing, that was beautiful, too. Um, was love those, game. man. Love love the ones where it's never in doubt. And then, of course, uh, 2016, Josh Allen closing down Hughes Stadium the last time. Oh, yeah. They went down 17 3 in that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chase Appleby with the big pick six and his best friend Brett Smith, former Wyoming quarterbacks, on the sideline for that one. Yeah. And uh, Josh and Tanner Gentry just. Brian Hill bowling over people, uh, closing out Hughes Stadium. That, well, that was, was a huge
3: snow game too, right? Uh, the year after, year 2017.
4: After yeah, I was. Uh, I was not shy about, you know. Talking some crap, here, those <laughs> CSU fans leaving the stadium for the last time. Oh, you could see the Colorado State snake leaving the, which is the tail lights yep. leaving
1: the parking lot. It was so <laughs> so good. We were chanting Big Sky Conference after that because that's when they were all high on thinking they were going to the Big, Big 12. Twelve. Yeah, boy, are they are they one of the most delusional fan
2: bases that you know of, Ryan. Uh <clears throat> well they do think highly of themselves. <laughs> um
1: best three and five team I, in America. I I, th- I think
2: the Lubick era really gave them something that was maybe a little bit um you know, unachievable later. Yeah. Kind of. I would um, never
1: take anything away from Sonny, too. Absolutely yeah, uh, incredible what he did down uh,
2: there. He, he, he did an incredible job there and, and I think that's why he's got a steakhouse now in Fort Collins. <laughs> and his
1: name on the sideline. And line. his
2: name on the sideline. <laughs> but, you know, the bottom line is it, it was it was a great program during Lubick and then they've, they've just struggled. But they have gotten some pretty big-name coaches from, from some big-name places and the, who have then gone on to big-name places yeah, yeah. <laughs> and really not done very well when they've left CSU. Um, they've got some problems there right now. Uh, Adazi has been okay he brought a lot of guys from boston college with him kind of changed the culture a little bit and that's been a real tumultuous situation especially with the covid things that went on last year so he's in a tough spot but they've improved looked pretty good against an iowa team that's proven not to be that great um, you know loses to boise state kind of they're kind of in the same position wyoming is they've kind of been having a little bit of the similar type of seasons yeah. uh, sitting at four and four apiece we'll see what happens uh today
1: Uh, DJ, you told us a story before we came on the air about the first time you walked on campus in Laramie and met your teammates and met Joe Tiller and sat in the the room and uh, went over your goals for the year. Can you share that one with us?
3: Yeah, you know, back then, you know, there was no Internet. There was no social media. So and the freshmen didn't report until August. You know, now. You know, if you sign with the university, you already know the guy before you get there because you've been communicating through social media and you report in the summer. So you kind of have like a, you know, a get to know each other period there before the season starts. Well, at that time, that wasn't the case. I can remember my dad drove me from Oklahoma and dropped me off at the dorms with my bags and said, hey, see you later. I don't even know what dorm I'm going into, right? I figure <laughs> it out, right? And then I go in there, and every player that I'm meeting, I'm meeting them for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know what position they play. You know, I'm meeting guys like trefon and all these other guys in my class. And then from there, we go over to our first team meeting. And the way that Joe Tiller did the first team meeting of the year, every single year, was each player had to stand up and say what his name is, where he's from, and... Um, uh, what position he plays? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, guys are like, "I'm from Dallas," "I'm from East LA." Finally, he goes all the way around, gets up to the end. and Janae Jackson stands up and says, "I'm Janae Jackson, and I'm from South Central Guernsey, Wyoming." <laughs> I mean, we just all fell out laughing.
1: <laughs> fell out. You're probably thinking, "Where the hell is Guernsey, Wyoming?"
3: Oh yes, that was <laughs> that was that was hilarious. But anyway, then then Joe Tiller, you know, he goes over the rules, and then he goes over the goals. Okay, okay. and the goals were, you know you know win the conference championship go to a bowl game you know undefeated you know in War Memorial Stadium um, you know be the least amount of turnovers in any team in the conference and then the last goal the most most important goal of the season is beat Colorado State and he mm-hmm. did it every year okay and he did it every year yeah. you know another funny thing about that too is is after he went over after Joe Taylor went over the um, went over the rules and he said hey is if anybody has a problem with the rules, in this room, it's like they say in Russia, tough shitskies. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs>
1: on that note, we need to take a quick commercial break. We'll see you right on the other side. <laughs> And we're back here outside the Brown and Gold Outlet in Laramie, Wyoming. This is the 7220sports.com kickoff show. Cody Tucker, as always, joined by Ryan Clement, Kyle Cedar, Trifon Demas, former player, former offensive lineman, and DJ Elliott, a former linebacker for the Cowboys, and Division One head football, or er, soon, soon to be yeah. Division One head football coach. Yeah. We're praying for you, buddy. I bet you're enjoying this time off, though.
3: Yeah, it's been good. Because you've know? got
1: kiddos. Oh, yeah, I've and, got man, four You've got busy kids. Yes, yeah, so
3: I've, I've uh, caught up on lost time. And, you know, I've never been back to a Wyoming game since I played. You know, you're kidding. You no, know, I've always played or coached on Saturdays. So this is the first game that I've been back for. You know, actually, I went to um, a, the Kentucky LSU game this year because I'm still friends with all the people that coach at Kentucky. And that was the first college game I'd ever gone to. Wow. As a fan. You know, I mean? Even growing up in Oklahoma, well, you didn't I, go to OSU? I should say, as an adult. Okay. First game I've ever gone to as an adult. You know, when I was a kid, yes, I went to plenty of games as a kid. That's the first game I'd ever gone to as a fan, as an wow. adult. Wow. Yeah. So when you leave Mark Stoop's staff to go to Colorado, huh? is there hard feelings? No, Mark and I are such good friends. You know, Mark and I initially met here in Wyoming. Yeah. You know, he was the secondary coach here when I was a player, and he knew that I wanted to get back home and and, and wanted to you know try to get the family close to uh, our family, and so he was okay with it. You yeah. Know? And and you know, in, in the college coaching profession too, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot like the military. You know, you just you just you're constantly having to. There's only so many jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you if you want a job, you got to be willing to move. Yep. You know what I mean? And um, so that's all understood in college coaching. Yep. Always
1: on the move and always being bothered by jerks like me and, and fans and all
3: you know, that it's fun. It's all part of it, though. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> Tell them that. You know, you get in it. You get in it. <laughs> and at first, I'm in. Mean, like, man, this guy's really criticizing me. But then after a while, I realize it's just part of what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just part of what you deal with if you're going to choose that profession.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about this uh, game today, Ryan uh dj's first wyoming game since he had a uniform on here that's That's crazy that that is crazy that's 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 really cool (laughs) that is i'm I'm excited for you yeah and you're here with all your buddies i mean that's going to be a blast i know um ryan plain and simple what do you think of uh levi williams performance at san jose state last week and what do you expect from him this week
2: well, it was no better than what we'd seen before with Sean in, in previous seven weeks. Um, stat line remains the same. You know, 12 of 21 for 140 yards, a, t- a touchdown and two interceptions. I mean, it's, it, it's every week. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. The thing that concerned me last week is, <clears throat> you know, the Cowboys need to throw the ball on first down because their tendency sheet suggests that they run the ball almost 80% of the time on first down. If not more. <clears throat> so throw the football on first down. And, and then they when they tried to do it, when they'd get a little bit of coverage on the outside that was about six yards off and we could just do a long handoff called a hitch route levi was throwing it high he was throwing it wide he bounced one i mean that's the easiest throw in football and you gotta make it because it sets the tone for second down so <clears throat> you know he got outside the pocket and made a good throw to, to Naylor. you know for the for the touchdown that he got behind the defense and that was a good ball we completed a long one um, but accuracy completion percentage decision making anticipation i didn't see a lot of that and when he did get outside the pocket, and and they did try to run him. He's a he, he's a downfield runner. He doesn't have a lot of change of direction. So he's a, he's a, he may be a fast guy, but he's a lumbering guy, and he's a big target. I wouldn't want to get him outside the pocket too much more. Get him in the pocket. Get him in a rhythm, because that's not what happened last week at San Jose.
1: Can. Is it, say, is it fair to say, though, that you know nerves probably played a part? I mean, this is his first start since last year, and, and he was not healthy last year.
2: No, as a former quarterback, it's not fair to say nerves had anything to do with it. You're the starting quarterback. You've been there before. You've been there three years. You've been banging on the table saying, I'm the guy. Put me in, coach. So, no, that's not an excuse that you can use.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. I, I mean, we're, we're quick to give him that. You know, because I've been saying it all week that was literally his third healthy start of his career,
2: yeah I, I, these are all excuses it feels like to me sure, sure, um, sure. you know and, and and really at this point, with the team that they've got with the experience that he has with the athleticism that he has uh you know complete hitch routes that's really all I'm asking you to do this week is is to play within yourself, don't try to do too much. And, and execute the plays called. No. Do that, and, and I'll be happy. Can, can we possibly complete 60% of our passes? Please, throw screens. I no. don't care, 60%. Let's focus on that.
1: So let's go over to our coach here. Uh, if, you're, if you're facing the Wyoming Cowboys today, what is your game plan?
3: Well, Wyoming and Colorado State are both pro-style offenses. And when you face a pro-style offense, of course you have to be able to stop the run. You know, they're dictating their success on how well they run the football. And with those style offenses, controlling the clock, limited possessions, not only for you, but for your opponent. So a lot of times those are low scoring games Mm -hmm. and you have to take advantage of turnovers and stops. And, you know, a fourth down stop is equivalent to a turnover. You know, so on yeah, defense, absolutely. as a defensive coordinator, if you can get a fourth down stop with these types of offenses, then you're really going to get ahead of the game. Uh, some fans don't know that. You know, I always see the fans like, go for it, go for it, yeah, go for it. And then they don't get it. And I'm like, you know, we just turned the ball over. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> you know, you know what I'm and it, 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 it's because, I mean, if you think about it, so if you're going to go for it on fourth down, you're either in scoring position, but you're opting to try to get a first down to try to score a touchdown. So if the defense stops you, there's a, there's a three-point swing right there of mm-hmm. points, right? Or you're not in scoring position, and if the defense stops you, they've now put their offense in scoring position. So the risk of a fourth down is is critical. And in these types of offenses, you have to convert the third and shorts, fourth and sh- shorts if you're on offense, and on defense you have to stop them. And that can be critical for your success. Well, and Wyoming's having a hell of a time just getting to third and short. Yes, yes. So um, anyway, when you defend a pro-style offense – you have to you have to either get in a cover three, single high, drop a number of guys in the box. To stop them, okay? Or you need to be in a tight quarters coverage where your safeties are in, involved in the run fit, and then that's going to open up things uh, in the passing game. You know, if you're in a quarters <clears throat> coverage, the middle of the field is open. So now post shots, deep shots, you know, play actions, you know, max, max pro it and chunk it deep and get big chunks. And then if you're in a single high coverage, now the outside seams are open. All right, so now you know fades on your wideouts and you know, with us having uh, Noi was being such a big wideout on the outside there, you know, really yep. take advantage of that and. As a matter of fact, that's what Colorado State runs. Mm-hmm. Colorado State runs a, a ton of single high, so the game is gonna be won on the edges, right? The game is gonna be won by the wideouts, and, and, and they're either gonna give up you know, shots as uh, fades on the outside, or they're gonna loosen up, and they're gonna give you opportunities to throw hitches and to, and to throw quick game out there. And, and that's where you're really gonna get an advantage with these guys. But if you're defending a pro-style offense, you must stop the run. You can't give up big chunks in the pass game. Okay, Boots are, are, are a big part of these offenses. I've defended um, Steve Adazio when he was the head coach at Boston College and I was a, defense or a defensive coordinator at Kansas. Fortunately, we beat him. Went into Boston and beat him. But I can remember preparing that for that boot game. That, I mean, that was... I mean, that was probably the biggest part of the game is how they get the tight ends, the ball in the boot game and how they flood zones and and, and how you don't really have to protect if you're a boot play action team. You know what I mean? So you don't have to rely on the protection. So it's easy for the quarterback to get the ball off. So you have to be able to defend boots. And to do that, you have to have great edge pressure, too, so that the quarterback has to pull it up and throw it away. Quick. And both of these offenses are the same. This is going to be a limited possession game. This is going to be a low-scoring game, okay? And it's going to come down to who makes the least amount of mistakes because each mistake is going to be so critical because of the limited possessions that each offense is going to have. In the last three games, DJ, Wyoming has turned the
1: ball over nine times, and they've gotten zero. And if you also add those, you know, those fourth downs, you're talking they've had 13 turnovers.
3: In the last three weeks. Well, you're never going to win like that. Well, the positive is, if you look at it that way, they haven't lost that bat. (laughs) if you want to look at the positive from that is look how far behind the eight ball they put themselves yeah. with mistakes but how close the game still was yeah. Yeah. so the positive is is what's the potential of this team is this what you're telling Wyoming if you're the defensive coordinator right now right I mean I'm looking at it through a coach's eyes sure. know, everything I see is through a coach's eyes right? sure. So, so I mean obviously you're not going to go into your team and say hey man we just suck you know what I mean? Sorry, guys, we suck. You know well, what and I mean? they don't you, suck. You, you know, know what I mean? The,
1: that's what's pissing everybody yes, off is they but, don't suck. But,
3: but the positive is, is that those are things that they can control, and they're they're not losing games by that many points with self-inflicting wounds. Yeah. you get that straightened out, and you know, sky's the limit. You scared me with one word you
1: said, tight end. And you know CSU's tight end very well. I do. You recruited Trey McBride. I did, yes. That
3: guy is stupid good. Yeah, he's really good. Um, we recruited him when I was at Colorado. We wanted him actually to play outside linebacker. I was a defensive Makes player. Sense. And I wanted him <laughs> as an outside linebacker. Like, yeah. you know, we recruited him hard. I know him well. He's from Fort Morgan. You know, I've been there. He's been on Colorado's campus uh, numerous times. And he was built like a Greek God coming out of high school. Now, CSU had an advantage with his brother being there and all that, but he's played tremendous um, in college. He's had an incredible career, and in this offense that Steve Adazio runs, the tight end is maybe the most important element of that offense. That's why they had success at times at Boston College, and that's why if they do have success, it's because of the play of Trey McBride. And the way that they use Trey McBride it's hard to double him. I mean, it's hard to get a matchup on him, and it's hard to get a double on him because he moves around so much. He plays the, um, the yo position, which is a equivalent to a fullback, and so he's going to motion back and forth. And even on the snap, he's going to come back across on the other side on the snap. Where you can actually double Trey McBride is in their 11 personnel sets because he is a down tight end in their 11 personnel sets. Uh-huh. He, he's, he's not off the ball. Sure. So there could be some double matchups there. With Trey McBride, but you know you can't let him get loose. You can't let this guy have a, a ten to fifteen catch game because he is the key to their offense.
1: Keep him between the twenties. Yes, let him, he's going to he's going to do damage, yeah. but limit it. And believe it or not, he only has one touchdown catch this year. Stunning because he has about seven hundred and some receiving yards and like sixty five catches. Well,
3: that's critical because. You know, third down defense is good if you're good on first and second down. Yeah. Now, a lot of people look at the third down defense statistic and say, well, you know, we're just not good on third down. Well, are you in third and shorts or are you in third and longs? Right. I mean, that makes a big difference. <clears throat> if you're in third and short, statistics show that the uh, offense should be 70% efficient. Okay. And if you're in a third and long, statistics show that the defense should be 70% efficient. Okay. So... If you can continually get four- and five-yard games in the passing game or in the run game with your offense, it's going to constantly put you in third and mediums and third and shorts, and you're going to continually move the chains. And so some of those short routes that he's catching are more critical than you realize because it's constantly putting their offense in third and shorts.
1: Ryan, uh, from the offensive (coughs) perspective, uh, I ask you this a lot, but what is your game plan if you're Wyoming this week? And what do you want to see what do you, what do you want Levi to do this week? What do you want to see from him?
2: Well, I think uh, DJ touched on this uh you know really accurately and well. Um, they They want to run the football first. Um, and which they did at San Jose State. Which they did at San Jose State. And, you know, I, I kind of brought this point up last time. I think it, whether you're pro-style offense, whether you're spread offense, whether you're whatever offense, in these days, you throw the ball to set up the run. I mean, you, 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 if you get good first down yardage throwing the football, now the second and four, you can, you can do either one. And it opens up running lanes because the, the, the linebackers and, and the safeties are going to have to be like, well, shoot, in this second short situation, this is when teams like to take the big shot. Go play action pass and go over the top so you know run a draw play there do something but my big thing at this point for the university of wyoming is is to change the tendency sheet up a little bit Um, throw the ball more more on first down run the ball on third and short Um, other than that they're going to do the same thing that they always do i really like the boot game by the way what, what DJ said is correct as a quarterback I loved it I didn't have to think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you make the good fake you come out you've got you know you break contain and now you're throwing levels and that's
1: what a young quarterback needs right now oh, so yeah. is not to think so much
2: yeah and, and now you're not reading anybody you're throwing levels on a progression is, is my flat guy there is my over there is my, is my nine route there blink blink your nine first if you got it and then you know don't step over nickels to pick up dimes. um go ahead and take that short throw if it's there in the flat and that's and and that's for a young quarterback kind of coming out right now get into the boot game run the football throw a little bit on first down you know without watching film all week to get a real detailed game plan those are kind of the basics to this high percentage throws uh high percentage throws and and uh you know don't do the same thing you did every other week on any particular down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you think about what, what we saw last week that became successful in the second half was going up tempo? Uh, Tim Polisek decided, hey, we're going to we're going to start getting in the line. Uh, one call plays. Let's go. What happened, too, is they were really successful in the running game and started picking up huge chunk plays. The defense couldn't do they could substitute. They got tired. Wyoming punched them in the face, started at their own one-yard line, and went 15 plays.
2: You know, we've talked about this every week because they'll do an up-tempo. And it works. And it, and it seems to work every week. Um, <clears throat> of course, that's going to be part of your game plan. Uh, how often you utilize that, uh, of course, depends on a lot of different things. You know... W- when is it in the game? Are all my guys feeling good? Am I, am I running my guys into the ground? And, and do we have the coaching? lead? Do we have the lead or do we not? You know, all of those things kind of factor into it. But, of course, it's been successful in, in previous weeks, and so that's got to be something that they think about doing a little bit more often, in my opinion.
1: Hard to believe, isn't it, Ryan, that Isaiah Nair has six touchdown catches. As anemic as this off passing offense has been, he has six, and it could be double
2: that. He should have ten. I mean, to be honest, the, over, the overthrows and the inaccuracies of, of our two quarterbacks um, have have been there certainly in, in the deep ball. Uh, and then Isaiah made a bad uh, jump. He, he didn't need to jump for the ball and high point it. He could have caught that. and Just kept running into the end zone. Um, but he he can be a special player. Yeah, he's got the size and the speed to do that and utilize that. I mean, when when you know you can when you know you're always better on the outside as wide receiver, and you've got great matchups with the corners. And we, what DJ said is true. Colorado State plays one high free safety. You're going to have one-on-one on the outside for the most part, even if they're playing cover three. Uh, that corner still has a third of the field. So teams it's have basically not, one-on-one.
1: And teams have not respected Wyoming's offense at all. Isaiah Neer has been single-covered the last three weeks.
2: And they need to take advantage of it, and I think that's when you get, get into this mindset is like, we're a ground-and-pound, we're ground-and-pound. Well, wait a minute, I got a guy in an island over here. A big, talented guy. And, and sometimes football is not that complicated man, that guy's better than that guy, and he's one-on-one. Let's take a shot.
1: (laughs) Give him a chance. So, you know, and also this week, I don't know if you heard, uh, Ryan, uh, super senior Aiden Eberhardt uh, tore his ACL last week. And uh, what a player he's been. He's been a real good possession guy. He's been a real safety net for these quarterbacks. He gets to the sticks. Um, Really sad to hear that. And, and, And the way he went out last week, it was on the last possession of the game, tore his ACL. He was on the far side of the field. But they had about a minute to go, so they knew he needed to get off the field to avoid the 10-second runoff, and he darted to the wow. Cowboys bench and got off, so they didn't have that 10-second runoff. So the That's Cowboys impressive. are going to be missing some heart, uh, you know, missing a, a big third-down guy today. They really need somebody to step up, and they need a youngster to, to start showing here in these last four games.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, um, this isn't the season that they had anticipated or that they wanted, and so now we get an opportunity to see, see some younger players out there in games that still matter.
1: And the beauty of it, we have four games left, and as a coach, I don't know how you guys thought about this, but once once a player's allowed four games and not to lose their red shirt, you guys take advantage of that, correct?
3: Yeah, we do. Yeah, so if a guy... Plays the first four. You're talking about if you play the first four games? Well,
1: you you only have four games, so you burn your red shirt, and the Cowboys have four games left. So, this is a time we're going to see some true freshmen, right? I mean. If they haven't
3: played in four games, yes, is what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, it, it, if they fit into the game plan. Sure. Too, right? And and it's not always talent either. You know, they have to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have a talented young kid that doesn't know who to block, and he needs another offseason to figure that out. Sure. So, you're not sure. going to put him in and rest. And risk uh, him making a mistake and getting you beat. But yes, you may see some players that they're planning on redshirting playing if they haven't already played in four games.
1: So uh, the reason I say that is they have a guy named DQ James on their team. He's about five foot seven, kid out of Texas. Uh, apparently, he's just an ankle breaker. And if you watch his high school film, he is an ankle breaker. And and even his current teammates have told me in practice this guy is just electric. Aiden Everhart was also the Cowboys' punt returner. Uh, they're going to be looking for a <clears throat> punt returner. Do we see DQ
2: James today? Well, I, I don't know if his parents know that DQ means disqualified, but
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he's been disqualified through the first eight games this year, so I would love to see. Him
2: uh, but today. All, all joking aside, um, yeah, uh, of course, anybody who's five seven and you know has the Darren Sproles type uh, uh, ability, which I always think about Sproles when I think about those kinds of guys. Yeah, um, really hard to tackle, really hard to see in traffic. Uh, yeah, let's see what he's got.
1: Cool. As always, we're about out of time. Uh, always miss this part, always mess this part up. So I'm going to run through the Mountain West schedule real quick. CSU, three and a half point favorite at Wyoming. Army, uh, plus three at Air Force. Air Force can win the Commander-in-Chiefs today. San Diego State will travel to the island to take on Hawaii. They're a seven point favorite. San Jose State is a ten point dog in Reno against Nevada. Utah State heading to New Mexico State. Uh, They are an 18 and a half point favorite. UNLV, here's the pillow fight of the week. UNLV, two and a half point dog at Mighty New Mexico. And then the game of the week, Boise State is a uh, five Five and a half point dog at Fresno State Bulldog Stadium is sold out. Uh, not a great, not a lot of great national games this week. I, I always pay attention to the Nebraska game because I hate them so much, and I'm so excited to watch them get curb stomped by Ohio State today. As usual, <laughs> and I hope their Jeez. their fans are holding their little red balloons all afternoon because they haven't scored a single point. Uh, but the real good game this week, I'm excited about is uh, your old buddy Dana Demmel, UTEP. Oh yeah, hosting UTSa, UTSA undefeated, You're getting 12 and a half, Is it or it's eleven now? We're I it? didn't write it down, but it was 11 yesterday.
3: Yeah, it was originally 12 and a half. Yeah, Dana's yeah. had a heck of a career and actually has a lot of former Wyoming Cowboys assistant coaches yep. on his staff. Absolutely. And um, they're doing a great job down
1: there. Okay, we're going to have to burn through this quick, unfortunately, guys. But thumbs up, <coughs> thumbs down.
3: It's
1: easy, easy peasy. Uh, Trey McBride, or I like to call him baby Gronk, because he definitely uh, looks just like that guy. Uh, he will have 10 catches for 100 yards today. Thumbs down.
3: Really? Yeah. I, yeah you're not going to get me probably rooting for the against the Cowboys on any well of these. no <laughs> you know
1: what i mean so that's it's going to be hard that's about his average
2: yes so ryan yeah, I'll go thumbs down on that. I think uh, obviously uh, you always pick out the other teams, Geronimo, and try to stop him and, and he's obviously that for Colorado State. So I think Wyoming will have a good game plan to stop him uh, and limit his catches to under 10.
1: Wyoming <coughs> tried stopping him last year. That was their focus. They didn't. I think he does get that, but like we talked about, I think it happens between the 20s and uh, keep him out of the end zone. CSU's been really bad in the red zone as far as scoring touchdowns uh, and when, when that guy only has one touchdown catch, that pretty much tells you all you need to know. CSU's defensive front has registered 16 and a half of the Rams 31 sacks this year
3: that's a third best mark in the United States
1: of America do they get at least five today DJ
3: you know it all depends on the score if as long as it's a tight game and and Wyoming doesn't have to get into spread sets then they're gonna limit the amount of sacks that they that they give up no yep. you know so I'm gonna say no because I think it's gonna be a tight game because <coughs> of the style of offense at Colorado State runs
2: Brian, you couldn't say it any better than what DJ just said ditto. that's exactly the analysis so I'm just gonna go ditto
1: perfect uh DJ Levi Williams stat line today will read like this. 5 of 27, 225 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions.
2: I like that stat. Let's 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 take that one. <laughs> Ryan, I know you're not on the believer wagon yet. No, make me one. Yeah, go out there and have that day. Uh, Do I think he's going to do it? I, uh, he's due. The whole offense is due. Maybe the play caller is due. Um, So let's go thumbs up and uh, you know just hope for the best here.
1: Xavier Baladay is 11 rushing yards behind Ryan Christopherson, great running back at Wyoming. He's 68 behind Devin Moore for second all time. X is also 105 yards from joining Brian Hill. is the only running back in Wyoming history to reach the 3,000-yard mark. Does he do that today against one of the best defenses in the country? He'll get 11 yards.
0: 105. 105. I'm sorry. (laughs) He said he did 11 yards. He's going to get 11. Yes,
3: Yes, he will get 105 yards. (laughs) Ryan?
2: (laughs) Sure.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
3: You're getting the hard-hitting analysis here. You know, my ADD's kicking in now. This thing is going <laughs> over my my time limit. You know?
1: Speaking of that, we're close to ours, too. Quickly, score today. Who wins?
3: Yeah, Wyoming's going to win. It's going to be uh, 21-14. Brian? 17-10, pokes I'm thinking
1: 21-19 myself. I think it's going to be close, slugfest. Big-time game for the Cowboys. Got to turn this thing around. Got to bring the bronze boot back to Laramie. This is a must-win. So... Fellas, I want to thank you guys for joining us. So glad you're in town and decided to stop by. DJ <laughs> Tree, thank good to you, see you, man. Good really good. You, Kyle, thanks for stopping in. Ryan, as always. I also want to thank Lovejoy's Bar and Grill, Brown and Gold Outlet. Come see us. We got Chapstick and koozies and all kinds of fun stuff. Come by and see us. also want to thank Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, Warren's Repair and Towing. Stay tuned here to 1290 KOWB for the Wyoming Cowboys kickoff show. Until next
0: week. You were just listening to the 7220 Sports Kickoff Show with Cody Tucker presented by Lovejoy's Bar & Grill, your college football and NFL Viewing Headquarters in downtown Laramie. Also brought to you by the Brown and Gold Outlet, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirtworks.